2: And here's the best part your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.
1: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Speaker, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I'm going to bring in my two co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? It says here. Oh, okay.
4: Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Silently fantastic.
3: Silently, (laughs) yes. Just like in the silent movies, Dusty Murphy, silent film star. Yes. Uh, We'll be bringing that back. Bringing that back. (laughs) And the third member of our trio is who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr.
4: That's who.
5: See, that bit's only funny when we can hear you, Dusty. (laughs) There goes Dusty. Otherwise, Miranda just sounds like she's crazy. That is also
3: something that is very possible. (laughs) All of those things, all those things are true. Where's the lie? No lie detected.
2: Um, Oh,
3: gosh, gentlemen. Well, we have... As always, a very packed show because we cover so much um, content. Uh, I did forget to mention that uh, the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is also uh, streamed at our partners, com. We were a, a part of thechairshot.com earlier this week on the Wednesday ed- edition of Chair Shot Radio. So, if you want to get a double dose of this trio, make sure to go to thechairshot.com where you can listen to this show, of course, and. The Wednesday edition of Chair Shot Radio, where we talk about pop culture and lucha libre, a really fascinating conversation uh about the origins and where it's lead to now. Um, you know, Chair Shot Radio is a great opportunity for us to kind of be able to talk about topics that we don't get to talk about on the weekly show. Um, so that content and much, much more. Is available on TheChairShot.com. dot com. So, but it's busy. Not only did we record that, we're recording this. Like, you know, so much is is happening. News is breaking. So let's get down to it. Brendan's going to kick us off as always with the road back to shows.
5: Oh goodness! Well, this is kind of a throwback. Mexico City is red, uh, but guess what? They're not really closing anything down. So. Again, I ask, why do we even have these, uh, these designations? What's the deal? Um, they, they're more, they, ostensibly the government has said they're more concerned about the impact on business right now. Uh, so we're go, we're back to, uh, you know, mask up and stay safe, but, uh, they, they haven't closed anything down yet. Um, and that's just the general state of, of the world of, of wrestling right now. Um, ROH is is uh has announced they were going to move death before dishonor out of the state of Florida because there's been so much of a rise with cases there. Um WWE is moving to mask mandates. I think uh one of the two of you have more information on that than me.
6: Yes,
4: yeah, they're requiring masks. It's actually like a local requirement in Las Vegas, but yes. SummerSlam will be fully masked. Mm-hmm. And Madison Square Garden, which is always a big show for WWE, that is going to require proof of vaccination. So things are definitely changing there.
5: Oh, that that's a good reminder. I should find my proof of vaccination before... uh I, uh, <laughs> I go fly to Vegas because if they're requiring a SummerSlam, other places in Vegas are going to need it too. Um, and then back to you, Dusty, AAA, have they announced any major changes or anything going on there? I saw that they were in the news a little bit with this.
4: Uh, not a whole lot of changes. Everything is still, you know, pretty much exactly as they announced at the first press conference. And, you know, Triple Mania is still going to happen. So
5: this weekend. So, yeah, you can consider this part of your warm up for the for the show on. on, (laughs) uh, Is it Saturday or Sunday?
4: It's on Saturday, 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 Saturday the 14th. Yeah, there we go.
5: So there we are. Triple Mania in Mexico is not at all impacted. But uh, like I said, Mexico was red they're going and uh other other shows have been moving out or or postponing so um uh you know uh good luck to all of us i guess and wear your mask
4: yeah absolutely wear your mask
5: Mm -hmm. um in in other intro other um fun more upbeat sort of news we, uh, we have had a bunch of announcements between last week and this week on, uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution's San Jose show. So I was going to go over some of that stuff and pay attention to some of these names. They're going to come up later in a segment in the show again. Um, but we have, we have a ladies match announced. We had Lady Apache against La, La Baronessa. We have, uh, Vaquero Fantasma against, uh, one of our own here, uh, King Fatboy Papa Esco. So, I mean, for me, this is exceptionally exciting because Vaquero Fantasma is one of, he's come up here several times for, uh, Lucha Libre Volcanica. He's, uh, kind of almost like a local luchador. And then, of course, Papa Esco is, uh, part of the, the family. So, you know. I'm gonna be super invested in that match, okay. and then uh I don't know. We can't really call him friend of the show. Ultimo Panda versus Viento. That <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Ultimo Panda's bag boy is great. That that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah,
3: lovely, lovely gentleman. But we've heard things about Ultimo Panda.
5: <laughs> yeah, just saying. And then, uh, we have the Border Patrol, a tag team that Gabe talked a lot about in the interview we did with him and kind of how he views them as kind of a special grouping. And they're going to be in a, in a title match against Las Luchas. Um and we have, uh, Kratos, who the last time I think any of us on this show talked about him, he was on an NWA okay. event. Correct. Uh, and then, uh, he's, uh, Going to be in there against Mysterioso, who's been doing a lot of work with New Japan lately. So, uh, kind of a, an interesting matchup for fans outside of the world of Lucha Libre to, to draw them in, even though they're both pretty well Lucha savvy. Um, and then on the poster without matches announced yet, we still have Rayo de Jalisco, Los Parks, Mariachi Loco, uh I'm sure there's somebody else that I missed on there. And no, uh, they are going to have an event they call the Dragon Scramble. I haven't gotten clarification on what that means yet. But the Dragon Scramble winner will move on to another scramble that's going to happen at Dragon Mania in Mexico, which is kind of their their big event that they do every year. Uh, obviously, dates for that haven't been announced because that's a little difficult to do at the time, but uh that is that is what we've got going on for that big show in san jose uh hopefully we're gonna have uh some some special stuff going on it sounds like uh there uh lucha central is going to be well represented when i was talking with uh with with uh some people about it it sounds like a few of the photographers are going to be there uh i'm going to be there in some capacity i'll be there at the very least taking pictures and and uh You know, wishing you all could be right there with me. That'd be the coolest thing ever to just have the have the live show audience or have the weekly audience just sitting in in the front row with me. You know,
2: yeah. Yes,
3: (laughs) yes. The Saturday, September 25th, it sounds like it's going to be a very big card, big show. Yeah, yeah. uh, that's going to be at Mount Pleasant High School in San Jose. Tickets Mm -hmm. are still available um and you can find them at PW Revolution on social media um and there's some local places in California where you can find them as well um yeah. but I, it's a stacked stacked
5: card I'd imagine that if you go to any of their other shows for example you could get tickets for this the San Jose show mm-hmm. as well Um and then uh PCW Ultra announced that they are going to be having an event October 22nd uh it's called All Systems Go. Tickets are available on their site now. Uh they uh they haven't announced any matches yet, but uh we know PCW Ultra likes to feature luchadors as well. Uh and they they have uh on the card, they've got Hammerstone, who we have talked about many times on the show. They've got uh War Beast, uh a few a few other things. Uh yeah, I was gonna I, uh Oh, yeah
3: I was gonna say some matches have been announced, oh okay, yeah I, yeah, I missed so, that, yeah, they do have a full card out um for that show um, some interesting points uh the ultra women's championship is gonna be defended current champion Ruby Rays will be facing viva van um for oh, those of you yeah
5: huh? okay i I forgot yeah. the, they did announce this is all this is an all championship night, and I did yes. see that.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, also a new ultralight champion will be crowned. Um, it's a very interesting four way that was announced as far as how participants were selected. Um, somewhat at, at random. And this match is going to be interesting. Um, you're going to have four, um, names for kind of they'll start off as a tag team so the first round is going to be a tag team uh Mm -hmm. two of the four competitors are going to pair together the winners of that tag team match will then go on to round two and face each other in a singles match to determine the new ultra lightweight champion um so that's going to be featured go ahead
5: that's actually a classic lucha uh, tournament format Oh, so uh, okay. That's you could see an event like that in Arena Mexico. So that's very cool.
3: Yes, yeah. That's featuring Lucas Riley, Matt Bandegriff, Class, and Jay Vidal in that match. Um and there's three out of the four I have, you know, know well and, and have worked with. And so, very great turnout in that match. This one is going to be very interesting. Um, we have the Ultra Tag Team Championships on the line. LAX.
5: There it is,
3: is. That is Slice and Rivera. Yeah. Uh, versus War Beast uh, on the card. So.
5: I can't uh, so I found that match and then I can't believe I didn't find it again when I was making my notes cuz that was the one that that actually mm-hmm. got me to buy a ticket
3: Yes, yes, and of course the Ultra Championship is on the line. Chris Dickinson versus Hammerstone in the main event. Many more matches all on the card, but that is on PCW Ultra's social media. But yeah, LAX versus versus War Beast. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "All right, yep. all right, PCW Ultra. They they didn't come here to play. They didn't oh. come here to play." Um, also, yeah, the format of the Ultralight Championship match will be super, super fun. Um, Matt Vandegriff and Jay Vidal in particular have lucha experience and have wrestled, um, throughout West Coast. Uh, Matt Vandegriff actually has wrestled in Mexico, uh, for local, uh, uh lucha promotions um so I'm more familiar with them and in their work in that uh context but that mm-hmm. match itself will, will, you know and uh more to come from PCW ultra um this is their first show back as well and you know 16 plus months so mm-hmm. California things in California are picking up because this will be in Wilmington California yeah. uh of course uh uh, Which is, is more Revolution. or
5: less L A for those L A, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
3: Poor Wrestling Revolution, San Jose. So California yep. is, is picking up.
5: Yeah, um, and and again, this is one where uh, keep an ear open to this show. We we may get some exclusive developments, and we might have some uh, unique presence at this one as well. So uh, between PWR and PCW Ultra, that we should be having a lot of. Big upcoming indie coverage, uh, as well as, as always, we're looking for your shows, too. So, you know, maybe uh, you're, you're going to be opening up. Defy, I know uh, Defying Without a Cause up here in Washington are coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be covering that as well. And also, Miranda, you have another show that you you're going to be talking about. So just go ahead and give us a little pitch on that.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh Phoenix Championship Wrestling is making its return uh this Saturday rebirth at the Revelry. This is going to be their first show in quite some time. Uh, this was a promotion that ran fairly uh often uh throughout 2019 um and this is really a very interesting mix. Uh, of styles of people on this show. I want to highlight, uh, two matches for fans, uh, that could pique their interest if you're looking for Lucha Libre matches. Uh, the first one is Gregory Sharp, uh, known by most, some of us on the West Coast as Hyperstreak, uh, now in his true form as Gregory Sharp versus El Dragon. Uh, who has been wrestling uh Based out of El Paso Has been working in chaos uh, For quite some time now um, And is a staple out here In the Texas, Arizona California region This match is when I heard it was announced Got me so excited So excited uh, Because I love watching El Dragon um, He yep. definitely is more of A, a high flyer um, Even though he's based out of uh, El Paso He absolutely can, can can wrestle the Texas style, but he has a little bit more of that high-flying style himself. And Gregory Sharp, you know, again for anyone who's ever seen Hyper Streak, very lucha influence. Gregory Sharp is still in that same tone, but a lot meaner. Still with the speed, still with the a little uh, agility, but a lot more aggression. Um, so this is a match I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Um, and then also we have the team of Lord Draco and Crazy Chaos. Uh, teaming up against Dallas King and MBW, so Lord Drago is a is he's one of those big uh, lucha guys who has speed, but he has strength, and he's fantastic to watch in the ring. Crazy Chaos is a wild card; they call him that for a reason. He's very much a wild card somewhat unpredictable in the ring much more of a of a high flyer but can also be very brutal in his work so uh this is coming out of phoenix championship wrestling Tickets are sold out As of right now Tickets are sold out But Phoenix Championship Wrestling um, As I was talking with the with the promoter And the team there um, Is really looking to Keep a Lucha presence on the show It is an integral part of Wrestling out in the West Coast In Arizona So they really want to make sure They have a Lucha presence consistently so, um, And just a heads up uh, As we talked about PCW Ultra uh, Also going to be on that show show alexander hammerstone as well um mm-hmm. he's going to be fighting uh against graves and don vitale in the main event so uh you know just people that you see all the time right in your backyard and uh, independent wrestling is coming back with a full force and mm-hmm. i just wanted to give a shout out to phoenix championship wrestling uh for not only just their comeback after so long but uh, really two really promising lucha libre matches on their next show
5: yeah, you're you're uh, if you haven't seen Dragon yet, you uh you're missing out. You can yes. we can find some matches for you to watch, but he's uh sensational.
3: Yes, him sensational and his cousin talent. uh <laughs> and Pastor, they both uh have been doing a lot of their more well well-known work, more popular works have been with Chaos uh Lucha mm-hmm. Libre, So I would definitely check out their work at, with Chaos.
5: And the chaos has a YouTube presence, is frequently covered on Lucha Central. So again, if you if you want it, we can help you find it. Otherwise, you can go to Lucha Central, and they'll probably you'll probably be able to find them pretty easily. Um, that is basically the road back to shows and the indie roundup for this week. Uh, again, I'm gonna throw this out because we're about to get super busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Miranda's doing shows with Lucha, ta- with Lucha Presents. I'm, I'm working or going to shows with Lucha stuff. Dusty's going. We're going to have lots of indie content here, but we still want your indie content. So yes. please, uh, you know, send it to us. We, we ask every week and we mean it, but you're really going to start seeing it and hearing it in the next couple of weeks.
3: Yes indeed We'll give out our information at the end of the show uh, So stay tuned to that But reach out to us on social media If you are a Lucha Libre fan Wrestler Independent promotion you know any association with independent wrestling uh we'd love to feature it on a future edition of the indie roundup we are all fans and supporters of independent wrestling and especially those that put together uh lucha libre shows or lucha libre matches um again it doesn't have to be a full show it could be one match two matches um it could be the work of some luchadors i know on a constant basis we are sharing Matches that we see online or match announcements that we're seeing online um, that I'm sure we're going to feature as well on the Indie Roundup um, to encourage those no matter where you are to either check out a show live or go on to uh, YouTube to check it out or check out the social media pages of different independent wrestling promotions to see what they have to offer. So uh, thank you, Brendan, for the road back to shows and the Indie Roundup. Uh, Up next, as always, always to Mm -hmm. Denise Alcedo, uh, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
1: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the Podcast Network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Maths, Mats and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Favi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast Help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com,
3: powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. A big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So we're going to kick off the review this week with AEW. So Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
4: Yeah, we had first up this week on AEW, Monday night, Dark Elevation. And what was our only real match, like the only non-squash match of Elevation this week, we had the Lucha Bros defe- defeating the Sidal Brothers. This match was good. Like uh, The Lucha Bros are showing in this match the entire time why they are so good. And I believe they've risen to number four on the AEW rankings, which ties them with FTR. So that's a, you know, a pretty strong showing from the Lucha Bros, at least in the rankings. For the finish, they hit the double team fear factor on my, Matt Seidel, with Penta picking up the win in 8 minutes and 18 seconds. Tuesday night, we had dark. And first up, our opening match of the night, we had Thunder Rosa versus Zeta Zhang. And also, this was Zeta's first match in AEW. So that was kind of a, you know, an exciting and interesting debut. It was also an interesting meeting of the styles with her and Rosa both having a martial arts and MMA background. And, you know, that was... Interesting as well. Zeta looked really tough in her debut, but it just wasn't enough to match up against Rosa's submission skills. She picked up the win in only four minutes and 17 seconds with the submission finish. That seems to be her sweet spot, right around four minutes, and she puts them out. Next up, we had Fuego del Sol versus Daniel Garcia. I still need to see Garcia's match with Wheeler Yuda at IWTV 100. It's my understanding that it was a fantastic match, and Garcia did look fantastic in this match. He dominated Fuego pretty much the entire time, including some very serious-looking kicks. I have a feeling that Daniel Garcia is going to be a big deal in the near future. I can't wait to see more of him. It seems like AEW knows what they've got, and they know what they're doing. Uh, stark contrasts some of the other national companies, but... You know, always a nice thing to see. And then, in our main event, we had the Hybrid 2 versus Jay Freddy and Marcus Cross. Commentary was golden on this match between Excalibur announcing that capitalism makes criminals of us all and Taz talking about going to the clubs with Angelico. Like, commentary was just especially on point. The highlight of the match for me was Jack Evans going over the top rope to hit the Sasuke special, a flip over the top rope into a dive-type combo onto Marcus Cross, and Angelico used the moment to sweep the leg of Jay Freddy. And then hits the Navarro death roll, like standing to the ground. It was incredible. Got an immediate tap from Jay Freddy. And this match was the first time in quite a while that Jack Evans and AEW reminded me of pre-AEW Jack Evans. His conditioning and his stamina and everything just seemed to be better. He's got a better showing lately. I mean, this is the Jack Evans we kind of expect. If you recall, he especially that match with Kenny Omega, he got really blown up. And so hopefully he's kind of cut down on the cigarettes or whatever lately, done some conditioning training, doing better. Anyway, I just wanted to mention how much better Jack Evans looked than he had in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I think it's all mental. I think he he cares again is really what – because you can tell – I've watched a lot of Jack Evans matches. You can tell when he's, like, focused and into it, and you can see it in his wrestling. So,
4: Yeah, that's true. And he was just – yeah, he was on. Like, every spot was on. He was Jack Evans, and we kind of missed that lately from him, so it was nice to see him. Back at his prime again. Maybe not his prime, but getting close.
5: Back in, and, on that upward momentum, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And then on Wednesday night, we had Dynamite. And there wasn't much in Lucha action on this week's Dynamite, but there were some announcements. It was first announced that Pack will be facing Andrade El Idolo at the September 5th All-Out Pay-Per-View in Chicago. As you know, Andrade's been trying to recruit the Death Triangle, or at least PAX Death Triangle teammates in the Lucha Bros. No luck so far on that. And I don't want to say that the winner of this match will get custody of the Lucha Bros, but they're kind (laughs) of making it feel that way.
5: I mean, like...
4: It feels like I, whoever wins yay, is the boss.
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> I, I like that they didn't announce that as the official stipulation, so that we can maybe add that or just keep that. That that is well, kind of the. I, I miss, don't so. know.
3: I feel like Death Triangle is very much a core unit, and like Andrade is yeah. trying to swing them, but I don't. You know, I, I don't see the Death Triangle. I don't see the Lucha Bros. Uh, getting swayed by any of Andrade's overtures. I think if maybe there was some leaning, or, or, or unless, that's, that's where the swerve comes. That's where the betrayal comes.
5: Yeah? Yeah. Well, like I said, that's why, it, it, them not announcing a stipulation means that we can be, we can have this imagination. Yes. We can imagine yes. the swerve, we can imagine that maybe this is the beginning of things changing, or maybe it's the next step in a bigger feud. I mean, like, yeah. it's, yeah. Yes. It's a rare step of restraint on AEW's part, and I really like that.
4: Yeah, me too. And also what's really kind of an interesting layer to all of this, if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first time that Andrade and Pac face each other.
5: I believe this is true. Yeah. I, yeah, cannot, so- I couldn't find any record of it anywhere.
4: I couldn't either. I went through the databases and everything. I thought maybe in their time in NXT, you know, no. They oh. never crossed yeah, paths. Yeah, I was gonna
3: say I their time in sure. NXT didn't overlap.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you for sure they did not, because uh, I I paid very careful attention to Andrade's and to andrade's time in NXT. Uh yeah. 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 And and just to, since we're on this segment about Death Triangle, I did look it up. Death uh the Lucha Bros are up to number four in the rankings. They are 6-0, and o, which is tied with FTR, but by whatever the invisible tiebreakers are, that puts them ahead of FTR in the rankings. Now, for our listeners of the show who have not paid attention to this, they, AEW said the rankings are supposed to matter, but uh, Proud and Powerful sat for 10 weeks in the number three spot and and never did anything with that, so it's still kind of a mixed thing. Like, but the the other the flip side of this is Jurassic Express, who's now the number one tag team. They made a big deal when they rose up through the ranks and started mm-hmm. rising up through the through the uh rank the numbers too. So they could use this for story, or it could just be we have to pretend like because they're six and zero oh in in twenty twenty one. So. They've got a better record than a lot of tag teams out there, so yeah, could be something. Could well, yeah. hopefully be building to something.
4: Yeah, I I certainly hope so. I mean, and and Pac even mentioned that he was going to be the one to take an, take on Andrade to give the Lucha Bros time to focus on the tag team thing. Yeah, but there's been no real announcement for the tag team at All Out, so they could be playing into that somehow too.
5: I think they're waiting until after this Friday show because this is Friday is when Jurassic Express, who's yeah. this number one shot, gets a chance to go uh, against the young bots, young young bucks, not young bots. Yeah. Uh, well, so
4: you were right think, both ways.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: I'm trying. I'm trying to not go the easy route and just take shots at the, at the yeah, brothers. I just there. take the easy. Just take the easy route this time. It's the
3: fun one too.
5: But I expect that next week we will hear an announcement of a new tag team contender, because I don't think the uh, Jurassic Express is the team that's going to beat the uh, the Bucks for the title.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. And also, um, speaking of that, by the time you hear this, it will probably have already aired. But also this Friday, on the debut episode of Rampage, we will be having a title match between Fuego Del Sol and Miro. So I will be reviewing that next week. That's definitely a you know a fun match.
5: D- did you hear the other stipulation with this match?
4: No, I don't think I did.
5: If Fuego Del Sol wins, he it, it becomes All Elite.
4: Oh, signed. That, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the the stipulation on the line for Fuego. State I like five. that. Hi. And as I mentioned last week, going forward, we probably won't be covering Dark and Elevation quite as much. And we'll because of Rampage, that'll kind of become the focus. But if you guys really like the Dark and Elevation content, drop us a line, let us know. And, you know, we can see about keeping it on the show, too. But in the meantime, put on your mask and check out LuchaCentral.com for the newest updates on Dark Elevation, Dark Dynamite, Rampage, and anything else you're looking for. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Uh,
3: we talked about it earlier, a very big uh, weekend ahead with AAA. Uh, Dusty, I mean, you already talked about, you know, Triple Mania is going to happen as scheduled. Um, any other thoughts and news on, on AAA
1: this week?
4: Yeah, well, when the TripleMania poster dropped earlier this week, that was pretty much our final sign that it was going forward. And it really looks like, come hell or high water, we're having TripleMania on August 14th. That's this Saturday. It may even be happening as you're hearing this. So keep an eye out, keep an ear out for that. Despite Mexico City being in the red, as Brendan mentioned, despite the risks, the show will go on. They're planning on running the show at twenty-five percent capacity, which is what AAA announced to be their plan when they held like the original first Triple Mania press conference. Twenty-five percent of Arena Mexico or Arena Citadel do Mexico uh is five thousand five hundred and seventy-five people, but you're gonna have to figure in luchadors. AAA personnel, broadcasting personnel, cameramen, spouses, family, luchadors, etc. Realistically, the ticket numbers will probably be somewhere between 4,800 and 5,000 fans in the building. And that attendance figure will make it the smallest Triple Mania with fans since the year 2000. But it simultaneously is also the largest attendance at the Lucha show in Mexico since the pandemic began. So, you know, you've got to look at it both ways. You can't just see each side of it. But it's interesting that it's been over 20 years since we had a show that small. And also there's been quite a hiccup in the broadcasting riots outside of Mexico lately. Uh, it's been an ongoing thing due to the Lucha Libre FMV lawsuit but there will be avenues to see TripleMania in America if you're willing to seek them out. Our contemporary, the Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog, he will be offering an option on Twitch. I encourage you to check that out at LuchaBlog.com. He's also on Twitter, um, at LuchaBlog. And, yeah, he's going to have all the information, everything else you want to know, including their stuff up already as I record this, the rundown of the card, all kinds of good stuff at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Keep checking in there for more information before and after Triple Mania for all the latest AAA news.
5: I did want to, uh, want to jump in with a quick thing. Uh, Cubs is going to be doing the thing. They uh, have also there, said they're going to be uh, showing either matches or highlights or maybe the whole thing on, on, uh, TikTok which uh, huh, to the best of my knowledge is not actually gated in any way so you might be able to catch it on TikTok uh the article on lucha central covers most of this so uh they will be posting updates as they become available there is but there we have a pretty comprehensive guide on the matches as well as ways to cover it including a link to a cubs fan on lucha central so
3: and, of course, we are going to be talking about it next week, so make sure you stay tuned. You got to listen to next week's episode because we're going to go over all of the tidbits, the juiciness, the matches, absolutely. the implications of Triple Mania because there absolutely will be implications, not only within AAA A, but possibly uh, a ripple effect throughout the whole wrestling world.
5: I think the largest implication is that I am going to download TikTok into my phone. Yes.
3: <laughs> It's already happening! The Ripple Effect is already in place, ladies and gentlemen.
4: That's what they're hoping for.
3: (laughs) Speaking of Ripple Effects, we're jumping into NXT this week, which is very... NXT is an interesting world right now. Uh, one, talking about this week in NXT, not a whole lot of lucha libre content or lucha adjacent content. Um, we did not have any, uh, lucha matches this week, just some storyline impacts, um, that were, were told in some segments. One, um, the very first match of the night was Saray versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai winning that match and Raquel Gonzalez coming out afterwards to respond in a way, chasing out Dakota Kai, but also responding to Dakota Kai's uh, thoughts on their match um, at TakeOver 36. Just warning her, just warning her. Uh, and so, uh, you know, again, this whole dynamic between Dakota and Raquel, um, we knew it was going to happen, but the fact that it is happening in the way it is, is still, yeah. I think, um, being done very well.
5: I, I think this is the, the, the single best content they've got going on in all of NXT. Right yes.
3: Now. And that's saying a lot, uh, cause there's so much going on. Uh, I, I think there's, you know, it still feels weird how buried the NXT championship Looks like this. We did not see carrying cross on NXT. Um, we'll talk about you know Raw in a second, uh, or or at least just his appearance on there. But you know it feel, it's a few that's happening, but not on NXT. So it's still very. It's, it's a very strange time right now when your primary championship is not being featured on, at all on, on a weekly basis on NXT. Um, another interesting point in segment that happened this week was with Hit Row. And it is a declaration of war by Hit Row. Uh, this comes, uh, they, they were at an undisclosed location. And the promo goes into how, you know, they wanted to let things go with Legado de Fantasma. However, when Legado de Fantasma took uh, Isaiah Swerve Squat's grill, which is his his teeth grill, uh, that was a disrespect of their culture. So they are shooting back with a disrespect of Legado's culture. And how do you oh, disrespect no. Lucha culture? Well, you burn a Lucha mask. That is what Hipro did. So shots fired. This is I'm pretty sure how World War One started. This is the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. This is what's, you know, we are getting into a culture war. Part of me does appreciate, you know, again, these these two cultures going to war. war. Some of it, too, is kind of deeper implications of culture war as well. But it is. You know, one of the more, again, interesting feuds happening right now on NXT. Um, we don't have anything definitive about what we may see at TakeOver 36. If we are going to get a match between them or not. Um, if they're able to push it at this point, legitimately, y'all going to need to push this to War Games because you don't have a War Game set up without Legato and Hit Row. Period. You know, I, I, unless something magical comes up, um, you don't have any other factions.
4: yeah it's true true.
3: uh so
5: it just just got real i didn't realize they did had done that i hadn't seen this this just got very real swerve you know better you wore a mask you know what that means well we don't talk about that that was in another world That was
3: another (laughs) life you know good point solid points But that was the old swerve. This is the new swerve in oh, which he doesn't geez. burn Lucha mask. But if anyone can do that, that swerve, so I could appreciate, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of, if, if anyone can do it, it's him. But, oh, yes, yeah. the feud between Legato the Fantasma and Hit Row is continuing on on pace. If not, the flames are literally burning.
5: <laughs> I see what you did there.
3: Yeah. They are fanning the flames. Uh, You know, it was interesting though because the crowd reaction for that was not too hot. They did not like and appreciate the lucha mask being burnt. So it's also very interesting how sometimes it looks like Legato is the face, sometimes it looks like Hit Rose the face, sometimes Hit Rose the heel, sometimes. So it's very, it fluctuates, um, a very thin line between. Heels and heroes and villains and baby faces and all of this.
5: Well, I mean, it was meant to be a reprisal, but the NXT crowd is a very savvy crowd. They're very into wrestling culture, so they know what that means, and they kind of know that that's, uh, I mean, that's matching disrespect with disrespect, which I know is what Swerve said he wants to do. But at the same time, there's that kind of drawing your breath like, oh, no, they didn't. So um uh, speaking of the the nxt crowd and they were a little more subdued this week that was one of the things i heard uh can we address on the show any uh, like your opinion on how the rumors are going to affect the lucha content and maybe we should tell the listeners what the rumors are about nxt well,
3: I was going to jump into, uh, the releases and then kind of, you know, jump okay. into the changes from there. Yeah, I wanted to get into just this week in NXT just to share that as I was talking about, uh, you know, really the only two factions left are Hit Row and, uh, <laughs> the Girls that Phantasma. Well, some of that is because, of the releases that we saw last week, um, all specifically targeted in NXT and some pretty big names uh, that were released from NXT include Tyler Rust, who was part of the the Diamond Mind, the new faction, Um, Bobby Fish, formerly from the Undisputed Era, Bronson Reed, who was just recently the North American champion, Jake Atlas, who we saw on television not too long ago, who had teamed up with, Mercedes Martinez, who was also released. Um, other names include Ari Sterling, who was just signed not too long ago. Kona Reeves, who had been with the company uh, for quite some time, a few years, but was um, injured for a while. Leon Ruff, also another uh, former North American champion who had feuded with Isaiah Swerve Scott. And then um, a few other names, Asher Hale, Zachariah Smith, Stefan Smith uh giant Zajir, um, I believe that's it. But uh a lot of names all targeted in NXT. And uh, that leak Go ahead.
5: Sorry. Ari Sterling also has been on a six week run in two oh five live. They were he was kind of one of the last feature people on two oh five live that wasn't one of the Yes, I believe he had a
3: match there. that was airing yeah. that same day. This same, same day he was <laughs> yeah.
5: released. Yeah. He did. Um uh, yeah, he he totally did. Uh, he seems to be totally fine on his social media, but I did want to point out that this is also uh, the 205 brand, which is where we have been turning to for a lot of our Lucha content, is also being impacted by these cats.
3: Yes, yes. So this is a really a, a a big move for WWE to make all of these releases again targeted to NXT. And that goes to a point that uh Brendan you were alluding to with rumors on uh WWE shifting gears with NXT no longer Treating it or viewing it as a third promotion or a third arm of the company, really looking back to maybe a developmental level and making the shift. Now, again, these are all alleged, so we don't know. But it sounds right. like this is in a line with what they are doing with the releases and really looking away from maybe some of the older uh, independent talent um and maybe smaller guys to you know much bigger statue or stature mm-hmm. um younger guys kind of how you know FCW was back in the day and and OVW when they had um you know other developmental areas really looking to treat it as a way to build people up into uh, raw and smackdown you can kind of see that with some of the releases there with say uh Jake Atlas um uh, and Bobby Fish Bronson Bobby Reed Fish, himself yeah, yeah pretty big, so I'm surprised with there. Um, Leon Ruff, obviously a very, very small guy. I mean, even... Small for, for a 205 live Mercedes Martinez, who was, you know, known to be, um, you know, older, um, in South, which again, I think it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that there is an age limit when you have the talent that you have. And they were really actually making some great strides and had some great time, airtime with them just within the past few months. So Mm -hmm. I'm interested in getting your guys' thoughts on this you know on these rumors and speculations on the change with NXT um and with these releases and also what you may think for with the company Brendan I I know you have thoughts
5: Well I do but I I the reason that I, I tried to ask you that question is uh, you've been following it more closely so I was definitely curious to hear how you thought this was going to impact this so please we'll swing back around well, but uh, yeah
3: yeah uh... well I I mean I think that if... It's, I don't look at NXT as so many people now are saying NXT dead. NXT is a failure. Look at how much NXT has changed and, and this and that. I, I don't feel that way at all personally. I think NXT is a great alternative to what we see on Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. and even in AEW. I don't think that their time, um, Even when there was a quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars was a waste or a failure. I think that it's been a great alternative product for people who want a different style of wrestling outside of what you see on on Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. I thought it was a great platform to showcase different types of talent and storylines and wrestling. And I did like how they were less gimmicky than all of the other products that we see, both AEW yeah. and WWE weekly products. It did have a great focus on wrestling that you don't get anywhere else. Um, it does make me nervous about you know, if there is big, uh, a shift back to, you know, the bigger guys that, where is that all gonna come from? Are you really, when you look at the independent scene, you don't see a lot of people that fit that stature that WWE is, has, mm-hmm. you know, that ideal. So does that mean they are going to pull from other realms of sports, you know, like football, like uh, track and field, like, you know, collegiate sports? Um, And also, I think NXT in general has the best women's division in wrestling. So to let go of a Mercedes Martinez, who really I mean, that one in particular bothers me just because of the way that. Uh, Retribution was set up and how that just fell flat on its face. How she was able to finally make it back to NXT and have a great presence again. There was so much potential that could have been there and being able to run multiple women's storylines. That was one thing that NXT has been good at that other shows haven't is that you can have your, you know, women's main title picture in one storyline and then also have some other concurrent women's storyline happening. Um and I think Mercedes yeah. Martinez, if anything, could have been utilized as a way to bring up other talent, but also to showcase being a true badass that mm-hmm. left a hole when Shayna Basler left. That left a hole when even uh,
5: Rousey. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. When Rousey. Uh, all of that. It's it's just it's just crazy to me. So I I don't get the, the changes, I do understand the fact that if you are preparing, if if you have a, a, a group like NXT that you're supposed to try to prepare more for Raw and SmackDown, it is a different audience. It is a different format that NXT in its current format doesn't quite fit. So I get that you're, you know, maybe the current format isn't the best way to trans and translate up to Raw or SmackDown, as we've seen. Um a la carry on cross where in NXT his presentation is one thing, but on on uh, on RAW it's something completely different. And the lines cross and and the wires cross and it just doesn't quite make much sense. So um you know, I I'm I'm shocked. I am a little nervous for NXT um because I think the quality's there, but I'm most nervous about the women's division because it has been the best product, mm-hmm. the best that they produce, and I am worried about the quality that, how it's gonna impact the quality of the women's division.
5: So uh I mean Lucha Libre classically, the athletes are a little less uh a little smaller in stature than Vince McMahon's standard. Yeah. Guys, do you, do you see that having, do you see NXT maybe slowing down on having Lucha Libre content or? Well,
3: I mean, really the only, it depends, you know, again, Raquel Gonzalez as it's, as the NXT women's champion, you know, she is really that pillar. And I think that, uh, the women's champions have usually had lengthy reigns. If you do cut back on, on your women's talent, you know, I think that, it could impact her, but I do think that overall her presence is going to be fairly safe. Uh But, yeah, overall, I don't see it. Really, it's very minimal overall. And as we talked about Legato and Hit Row, you know, that is a very strong storyline. But also what we've seen, too, is if they don't think someone is worth the ROI, at any moment they could drop them.
5: Just let them Fashion go. or yeah. not.
3: So I do think that if anything, yes, it absolutely could impact the Lucha content on there. Um, But we don't have a whole lot to begin with. So I feel like um, it's going to continue to go down. That does make me worried for the future of Hit Row and Legado de Fantasma. What's going to happen to Santos? What's going to happen to Isaiah? What's going to happen to, you know, Joaquin and, and Raul? Like, I I don't know what that transition looks like to Raw or Smackdown but the odds are not good in that. So uh, yeah, it does get me worried.
5: Okay. I I I feel fairly safe that Swerve is safe. He's got the look. He's he's uh not Quite a a six-foot superstar, but he he has a presence and and, uh, all of that that he could could easily translate over to the main roster. The rest I'm a little little iffy on, too. Dusty, you follow the regular product as part of the show, and I know you love NXT. Do you have thoughts on this? Uh,
4: Yeah, I have conflicting thoughts. (laughs) In, In one way, I feel like WWE absolutely needs a developmental system. And NXT has strayed so far from that original developmental system idea, you know, to kind of train people, especially, you know, like when they brought somebody in that wasn't familiar with the WWE style, it was like a quick education and that how to work to the hard cam. And then you got brought up to the main roster. And over the years, NXT kind of became its own thing. It was treated special. It was booked differently. And, people just really got into it, but it like I say, it strayed so far from what it's become. But I don't necessarily know that gutting NXT the way they have and taking NXT back to developmental is the answer either because they've built up a fan base. I feel like when it just didn't decimate AEW on Wednesday nights that the you know, the the writing was on the wall already that, you know, something was gonna change they're, I don't know. It's it's weird that WWE would be that petty to one of their own products, but I feel like that's exactly what happened. Was it just didn't perform the way they wanted it to, which was to decimate AEW on Wednesday nights? And because of that, they're just overhauling everything. That you know, the reason it didn't work was because of these shorter guys, you know, the older guys, everything that you know Vince doesn't like. It seems. I don't know what the answer is, but I, I feel that changing NXT is the wrong answer, but I don't know what the right answer is, I guess.
3: Fair. Really good point. And, and Brendan, you mentioned just real quick as far as 205 Live. I believe on the WWE website, there's only four uh, active uh, yes. wrestlers listed under 205 Live
5: which one of which is Brian Kendrick who is currently yes. more of an agent than a wrestler so and one yeah. is Nigel
3: McGinnis who is a commentator <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah also more of an agent than a wrestler so yeah uh two oh and, and that also two oh five goes back to that undersized thing like Vince doesn't seem to like that and uh the more yeah. I think about it historically the WWE didn't support these undersized divisions nearly as well as uh as 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 WCW did or ECW did so um it, it could we 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 could be looking at a very dark period for the WWE as far as lucha content it's absolutely true
3: well make sure you stay tuned to luchacentral.com for your NXT results and of course more information from WWE that's actually going to lead us to this week in WWE with Dusty
4: yeah, first up, and we we always do SmackDown first this week. I'm going to do Raw just because there was very little Raw content. As Miranda mentioned, Karrion and Cross had a match with Jeff Hardy. It wasn't great.
1: Cross, um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and that's me being very nice. Like, no, I know. Like, I
1: yeah. think, oh, oh, it's
3: just it's been weird, y'all. It's been weird. It's, it's
4: yeah. It's been very weird. Yeah.
3: How do we try to be patient? Everyone's saying, no, there's a bigger story to be told. No, there's, you know, more. But again, like your NXT champion is on Raw getting beat up by, you know, Jeff Hardy or in a feud with Jeff Hardy, but not even on NXT to defend or to stand up, you know, or, or be a part of the storyline and defending his NXT championship against Samoa Joe. I I'm sorry. I digress. Go ahead.
5: So was it another short match? Is that way? It it
4: was about eight minutes long. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it just, I don't know. They never really got a good rhythm together. I'm not a huge Jeff Hardy fan anyway, so, I mean, it's easier for me to be like, ugh. But, yeah, Carrion won this one, but it didn't make that first loss. I mean, that first loss didn't make this...
3: Exactly. When
4: feel important, it didn't exactly. feel like it meant anything, and it almost hurt more. The crowd was really into Hardy and not carrying Cross, and and so that hurt. I don't know the whole thing. I just felt like it was presented very poorly.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, you hit on a couple of major points that you're kind of underselling. It's it's a WWE crowd, so that Jeff Hardy's been a brand for generations at this point. There are kids who were raised on hearing about the tales of how cool the Hardy brothers were, let alone their own matches. Yeah. And and Carrion Cross has not been presented as anything close to legitimate and the Raw well, brand.
4: Yeah, exactly. If you don't watch NXT, you don't understand why Karrion Cross is a big deal, why he should win. Like if you don't keep up with that product yourself, WWE's main roster, you know, Raw in this instance has given us no indication why we should care about him or why he's special or different or not just some guy you know like yeah. they, they just treat him like some guy and it's very strange to me because he's one of your three champions like mm-hmm.
5: he's also but, I mean a legit next gen guy he's got he's got meets all the Vince McMahon check mark yeah he's
4: humongous he's got a great look he he's excellent on the microphone he's got scarlet with him which is interesting you know i mean it changes things up it's not just a manager wrestler relationship exactly it's just yeah i mean there's so much about him that's so fresh and so different from what they're presenting to us and then they don't give us any of that when he gets to the main roster like it's like he's a completely different guy he has the same name and the same look but it's not the guy you see on tuesday nights it's
5: yeah yeah. Yeah. not a fan (laughs) and eight minutes of match versus the two minutes we got before doesn't yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's 50-50 booking at its absolute worst because then he had to work for it rather than getting almost Exactly. Obsessed.
4: Yeah. He should have yeah. just cut through him. And yeah, it took him forever to get the win. Uh, there, and if you thought SmackDown was any better, well,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> our first match of the night was Jey Uso with Jimmy versus Dominic Mysterio with Ray and Again, there wasn't much to this match, honestly. But at least in this case, the more experienced Jey Uso defeating Dominic seems fairly realistic. Dominic's still new, I mean, t- relatively new. And the Uso's have been at this for a while. This is all building to the rematch at SummerSlam, but this is my problem with them losing in the lead-up, is that like the way things are going, I do not see the Mysterios winning the feud just due to the larger story surrounding Roman Reigns. So while I did enjoy the match separated from everything and the wrestling was a heck of a lot cleaner than it was a couple of weeks ago, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the match. Like if the Usos are going to win anyway, why not try to make Dominic and Ray look as good as you can on TV first? Mm -hmm. And, And it makes the Usos look better for beating them. Like, so many issues with that one. But I'm always excited to see Ray on TV, excited to see Dominic on TV now. So at least they're getting some time on TV. They could be used better, but there's people that aren't being used at all. Fewer and fewer of them. But at least, you know, the Mysterios have got some... High placement. We also had Bianca Belair defeating Zelina Vega. I did the research, and Zelina Vega hasn't won a singles match in over three years. She had two of those, and those were wins over Lana. And so, Mm -hmm. not super meaningful. We saw her win a couple of times in 2019 with Andrade and mixed tags. You know, I guess at least WWE has been consistent with something lately. It's kind of a gray lining instead of a silver one, but uh, yeah, anyway, this was a non-title match. Selena did get in some good offense during the match, but ultimately, like for all these reasons, there was never going to be a Selena win there's some interesting back history between these two going back to last summer when Montez Ford was poisoned during the street profits feud with Andrade <laughs> and Angel Garza.
5: That went I didn't away. think like, I would miss the days of that feud. I honestly yeah. didn't think I would miss the,
4: yeah. Here we are. <laughs> but at the time, I mean, I guess that they kind of retconned it, that, Selena did poison Montez Ford, but she was adamant even throughout the match that she did not poison Montez Ford. And She lost the match, so uh, maybe that was the the guilty verdict. I have no idea, but I'd kind of like to see if that plays into this and if there's going to be a feud. If Selena's not going to win and be a big star anyway, a feud with the champion isn't a bad way to go, and maybe it could kind of lead into a more high-profile match for her. And then we also had like what's going on 205 live has basically been dropped there are only three full-time members of the 205 roster Grayson Waller Guru Raj and Eichmann Jiro and so uh, and
5: if if you don't recognize those names there's a reason
4: yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. It's probably because they couldn't spell them on the release form. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: but they also—they might have just be completely invisible right now. They, yeah, they don't see the TV. They're probably not. They're probably avoiding catering. They're like, "No, nah, I'm good, man. I'll be over here in my in this little corner."
4: Yeah, I'm gonna hide in the broom closet till after <laughs> Vince leaves. <laughs> But with all of this, like, so 205 Live has basically been dropped. I I don't know what the format will be going forward. However, we are coming up on the season when new TV shows debut. Anytime between now and, you know, the third week of September is traditionally when new shows start to pop up on TV, different networks, not just broadcast, but cable as well. And so there's been a lot of rumors going on that maybe they're going to add a third hour SmackDown. I I don't know if that'll happen. Fox on their local broadcast affiliates, they cut to the news at nine o'clock or local programming at least. Mm -hmm. And so to get the, or 10 o'clock on if you're not Mm -hmm. in the central time zone, but, To get that third hour, they would either have to have a special arrangement with the affiliates on Friday night or perhaps go on to something like Fox Sports 1. There's been a lot of speculation that the companies might be coming up for sale. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think they're just maximizing profits, streamlining everything. I just don't see Vince giving up the control on this. However, I think the rights to SmackDown come up again next year like next August, September. And if that's the case, adding that third hour may make it more attractive to an online partner. Who's looking for live streaming um, on Conan's podcast. They speculated heavily. It could be Apple that's interested, but I'm, thinking, you know, maybe something with Peacock. They seem to be WWE's really in bed with NBC Universal. Everything they do is tied up with NBC Universal right now, aside yeah. from SmackDown. So it just makes sense. Maybe we could even see it on NBC. Friday night is traditionally the most underperformed night. Well sometimes Saturday, but Friday and Saturday are your most underperforming nights on television. Mm-hmm. However, WWE's always kind of been above that. The loyalty that the some of the fans have, or a lot of the fans have, has been enough to keep it consistently one of the highest rated programs on Friday night when SmackDown's been on Friday night. And so that makes them much more attractive to somebody like NBC or Peacock. And if they get it all as part of a package deal with the Peacock streaming app in the United States, the you know, Rob and NXT both being on USA, we often see WWE specials on NBC. I, I just think it's more likely they're going to go with either NBC or Peacock in some form for the, the next SmackDown.
5: Yeah. Well also on that podcast, uh the the Conan one, they they speculated that the SmackDown or the uh Fox deal might be kind of soured at this point. They uh, did, yeah. yeah. So, so it does seem like that they, uh, for those who didn't, it was on the Keeping 100. This clip is available on their YouTube channel, so you don't have to go through Patreon or, or subscribe and you don't have to listen to the whole show. Uh, it's a really good show. You should listen to the whole show, but if you just want this segment, it's out there. Uh, but they, yeah, they, they basically, Fox wanted to, to try and, uh, and revitalize the, the brand on the West Coast and they wanted, that's why they wanted to bring uh, big names in, uh, the, the, they were speculating that CM Punk was a big part of the, uh, was going to be a big part of this and when that didn't work out, it just feels like the, the, the Fox isn't getting what they wanted out of this deal and they're probably not gonna pursue too hard to, to keep the WWE when the contract comes up.
4: Yeah, it sounds like there was some kind of dissension between what Fox wanted for SmackDown and what WWE wanted. the uh, I mean, there, there's a lot going into the dynamic and to the specific audience that Fox wanted to target or what they felt was underperforming, at least, and WWE yeah. had no interest. Uh, and that was the, the Latino market on the West Coast, and that figures into the whole Lucha thing. That's probably why Rey Mysterio ended up on SmackDown, yeah. now that we kind of know all of that. You know, like, they... It might be, yeah. I mean, like, there's just a lot that plays into the whole thing, but it'll it'll all be very interesting. However, I I don't think 205 Live is long for this world. I think it'll be rebranded within the next four weeks. It may carry the title just because there's contractual. Reasons, You know, they have a contract to provide 205 Live for a certain amount of time. Um, I believe Hulu gets it as well. And yeah. so they're going to keep that title until they fulfill their contract. But I think it's immediately afterwards going to be the third hour of SmackDown.
5: That, I mean, that seems like the strongest idea for it. Uh I mean there's other things they could do they could do more of that indie style NXT that could be your indie style NXT there but I don't think that anyone is willing to, I I'm not going to say they're not that forward thinking I don't think they're that willing to fight Vince for those ideals right now it sounds like Vince and uh is it Nick Khan uh, yes. there's too yes. many cons yeah. uh, have have very very specific ideas on what they want and everybody's trying to stay out of the way of the, of the danger and not really fighting what they're doing right now. So I, that's part of why I think NXT and 205 are probably uh, going to burn for a little while until, yeah. uh, uh, the, Vince's attention specifically is somewhere else.
3: Well, don't forget that results for Raw and SmackDown are available on LuchaCentral.com. So if you miss them, just go ahead and check it out on the website. Or just make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast because we got you covered every week. Up next, we have uh, Ring of Honor. Um, not much new news in Ring of Honor. Brendan, you had already mentioned, uh, that Death by Dishonor, their pay per view for next month, is getting moved from Florida to, uh, to Philly. Um, which is, you know, where they're going to be having their next pay per view that's happening next week. Or not, yeah, next week. Next week. Uh, yeah, Honor by Glory, uh, or Glory by Honor. Uh two nights. Of, two Yeah. Yeah.
5: And we do have a lot of content for that. Uh, it, it does come down to a lot of, uh, LFI colliding with, with people over Glory by Honor on Nice One and Two. And they set that up this week, on, um, on ROH TV. We did have a little more of the women's tournament. So definitely, if you've been following the women's tournament on ROH, this is a good episode to keep do- going. But the uh, main event, was Bandito and Ray Oroos versus Brady, Brody King and Chris Dickinson. And so that's part of this three way sort of faction battle that they've got going on. Uh Bandito and Ray Oroos uh were were doing okay. I believe I don't even remember who won anymore because the story coming out of this was what happened afterwards. The the another fight broke out and then LFI came out and they attacked Bandito and and Orus, and they did your classic rudo move they unmasked them and walked paraded the ring the mass around in the middle of the ring while bandito hit his face so like those of you who haven't seen the classic lucha food this is part of a build-up to an Apuestas match that's almost always how this kind of thing goes like the bad guy in particular says i don't like you anymore we're going to come out and we're going to take your mask off of you so um I am I am speculating. I'm fan booking here, but Rouge versus Bandito, title versus mask. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> right? Mm. Yeah. See. Uh, but that was our wait this week. It is a very very good show, and uh, j- again, we're going to have uh, lots of coverage of uh, Glory by Honor nights one and two as part of the SummerSlam weekend coming up on uh next week's show next week's show is going to be packed because uh of all of the other shows that are happening in kind of the shadow of SummerSlam. we may not get a lot of W uh, lucha content out of the wwe but all these other companies are taking advantage of that weekend to put up a yeah. lot of great content
6: yeah
3: they are not the only ones but yeah, make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central weekly podcast because we are going to be reviewing that and much more. Uh previewing of course next week and reviewing it the week after. So stay tuned. Some big news coming out of our partners uh with Mass Republic. Uh Brenny, I'm going to have you uh take this over because it was big news that was posted um an article from Sports Illustrated um featuring the boss man Kevin Kleinrock uh also uh, Rube- Ruben and Ruben yeah. Zamora from Mass Republic uh so it's something we just I'm very very excited to to highlight.
5: This is staggering news. I was so excited when I saw it um so again this was a sports illustrated article that broke this story which also should tell you how big this is in the wrestling world mass republic announced that they had finished a deal that would allow it was 50 wrestlers but one of them was super porky uh so as we mentioned who recently uh, unfortunately passed uh to but they have work visas they they have uh they have permission to come into the united states do work specifically with Mass Republic but it sounds like uh Mass Republic is is sharing that license a little bit because they uh remember earlier when I was talking about pro wrestling revolution and I mentioned names like Lady Apache and La baronessa and a couple of those a few more when I read the list of names that we we've, we've got so far uh there it sounds like they're they're you taking advantage of this uh the, this work visa to, to work with Pro Wrestling Revolution, who has typically partnered with uh, Expo Lucha before. But specifically, these visas are for Expo Lucha. We will have a recorded statement from Kevin that we haven't even heard yet, because he sent it to us while we were recording. So uh, Kevin will have some more information that we'll cut to at the end of this segment. But uh uh, we do have the Sports Art Illustrated article mentioned a few names, so, uh, let's go over that. We have Psycho Clown, LA Park, Psychosis, Aerostar, Super Crazy, Ares, Hijo de Octagon, uh, Friend of the Show, Mr. Iguana, Super yeah. Astro Jr. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I say Friend of the Show, I mean, really, he, he and, uh, Dusty swap weed jokes. Well, uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Super Astro Jr., Lady Apache, who I just referenced, Mystico, who uh, is still under contract with CMLL, so that may come up, uh, Damian666, La Baronessa, Boy, and Drago, as well as a few Japanese stars uh that were were listed. Um this is a – there we go. It's a P3 visa. Uh So uh, Ruben expressed his excitement over this. They have some quotes from him, uh noting there were a multitude of luchadors showcasing their talent in America. Since not every wrestler will appear at each show, this is going to provide a diverse array of luchadors to appear in the Expo Lucha line of shows. And then Ruben goes on to mention that they want to have multiple Expo Luchas in a year which is something we've been hearing Kevin and Ruben talk about for a while now. They want to have like two or three in a year when we're in a non-pandemic situation so that you can have your expo on the East Coast and the West Coast and maybe in the middle of the country where Dusty's at, although, you know, Dusty doesn't get anything special.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing fun ever really comes to Kansas City very often. <laughs> if they come to the Midwest, it'll definitely be Chicago or maybe yeah. Texas. But well, those yeah, are both those are very both, feasible for me.
5: Yeah, and then those are both really big lucha towns. So let's be, I and mean, we yeah. we talk about the history of lucha. Chicago and and the Texas area are huge parts of that. So uh, that's why I think that you know that we will see something get, when this gets in full sway. Um, So, I'm going to read the full quote from, a full quote from Ruben here. We're going to run Expo Lucha more than once a year, and we need a lot of stars to produce something worthy for wrestling fans. So, that's back to what, what uh, we've been hearing from them for a while. Uh, This will also allow these stars to continue to expand their brand outside of Mexico, and it gives tremendous talent pool for Expo Lucha live events in the United States. So, Again, this license is primarily focused around Expo Lucha and Legends of Lucha Libre, which is also being run by Masked Republic. Uh, but, uh, there's, it sounds like even Sports Illustrated article hits on it here. Per the visa, the talent is allowed to work for Expo Lucha, but that also allows them to be highlighted in an array of promotions in the United States. Uh, Mm-hmm. Pro, yeah, potential relationships with AEW, MLW, Impact, Ring of Honor, as well as uh, across the indies, which is being represented by uh, specifically Pro Wrestling Revolution in these, you know, La Baronessa, Lady Apache are are on the card already, and uh, they had to be able to get across the, the border somehow. So, um, yeah, and then. Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog has some opinions on this. He also mentions that there are a number of other wrestlers that are on the list that are from CMLL. I, because I don't have the confirmation that he does on, on the list, I'm not gonna, if you want to know, you can read it over there, but I do find it interesting that, uh, CMLL is, is, uh, being included on this list because they famously do not share their talent very well and uh many times i've talked about trying to get things done with cmll and kevin is is uh always hesitant he says it's a little tougher with them uh they don't really seem to like us so i'm very excited that 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 stuff could be included there um but that's so that's what we have on that part of it uh i uh again we have this clip that i haven't even listened to yet that we can plug in from kevin yeah i did i asked asked him a little more about specifics on running shows. Will we be seeing more Legends of Lucha Libre shows and, and uh, to talk a little more about the multi uh, expo Lucha event. So I'm expecting that will be a big part of what he's going to talk about in this clip.
6: We are really proud of being able to pull off what we believe is the first ever Lucha Libre group visa uh, ever granted by the US government. Um, We we knew that there was a problem in luchadors not being able to get visas or get visas um, renewed. And there's a lot of talent that was either already unable to work in the United States because their visas had expired or young talent who had not been granted the opportunity yet to wrestle uh, in the united states and also looking at expo lucha you know we had a tremendous card planned for 2020 at the ecw arena for the 2300 arena for uh expo lucha philly and then we had to move it to 2021 due to COVID. And then we had to move it to 2022 due to COVID. And we were staring down, trying to really ramp up Expo Lucha with our partners, Fangirl, uh, as a multi-time-a-year event. And we were looking at the possibilities of finally being able to start shows again, but... Not having access to the talent directly from Mexico, which is absolutely necessary for making Expolucha, Expolucha. And we weren't going to do Expolucha events that weren't worthy of what the convention has become known for. It's not a show with just local wrestlers and a couple headliners that are flown in like most You know, independent shows uh, are, or most Lucha Libre shows in the United States are. Uh, This has always been about dozens and dozens of big name stars and future stars from Mexico and coming to see them all in one place. And so we knew that we had to solve the visa problem for the talent and for ourselves. And so we went through a process that took many months. And a lot of hard work by Ruben, myself, uh, Gabriel and Shannon Ramirez of Pro Wrestling Revolution who helped coordinate a lot of it and the attorneys that we worked with. And, um, then a few months after we started, we filed everything with the federal government, paid a significant amount in fees, and thankfully uh, they saw things the way that we hoped they would, that we are bringing a group of professionals of the highest caliber who are known for being uh, famous luchadors to the United States, and we are very excited for what that means now moving forward for Expolucha and for these 49 talents over the next year.
3: Thank you to the boss man Kevin Kleinrock of luchacentral.com, also president and CEO, executive producer of Mass Republic, uh, with that, uh, snippet of information, uh, regarding, uh, the article and the future of, uh, of Mass Republic and Expo Lucha, um, Again, that article is available online right now, sportsillustrated.com. Links are available on uh, luchacentral.com, I believe, at least all of our social medias. Um, We've been posting it everywhere because it is a huge accomplishment to be able to get such a big kind of umbrella uh, entity uh, like Mass Republic and Expo Lucha to be able to uh, help sponsor all these work visas now that work is, as we've already talked about, very, Very active on the independent scene with the larger promotions. Um, It is such a more centralized and stable way of getting work visas uh, for talent coming out of Mexico. Right. Well, I mean, we've talked so much about Lucha Central already. We're going to keep on rolling with this week and Lucha Libre history with Dusty.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's time for this week and Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day for this day and Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, videos, news, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre. And that's at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose August 13, 2010, when CMLL held the Spectacular Friday live show at the Arena Mexico in Mexico City, and the main event was Jushin Liger defeating La Sombra for the CMLL Universal Championship. This was part of Jushin Thunder Liger's incredible 2010 heel run in CMLL, and he's not really known for working heel overseas outside of Japan. The excitement behind Liger is usually so high that he's a babyface everywhere he goes. But the crowds at Mexico City, they loved La Sombra as a babyface, and the fact that Jushin was there all summer long instead of just one show, it all resulted in an interesting combination where he was able to work heel overseas and did. Uh this feud was awesome. I one of my favorite CMLL matches of the last, you know, 20ish years. Uh when Ligers Rudo he will cheat to win. And, you know, we saw that in this match as he got the third and final fall after he was repeatedly bested by Andrade at all turns. Like I said, legitimately, this is one of my favorite CMLL matches ever. The setup for this was a tournament over three Super Vierna shows, with Liger having already beaten Negro Casas, Hector Garza, and La Mascara, leading to this match. But then when he got to the match third fall, he won the first fall, uh, La won the second fall. Third fall, he, he couldn't get it done. He needed Okamura to help, and he secured that third fall by using the ultimate heel move and removed La mask and held him in a cradle pin for the win before the ref could see what was going on. And What did you think of this match, Brendan?
5: Well, like you said, it is a fantastic uh, match out of CMLL, and I just noted – how different it, the atmosphere and everything is from this just 2010 that's not that long ago uh to to now like uh the the crowd was very live no there's more of a kind of a cynical touristy feel out of the crowd and a lot of more recent shows i mean th- this year doesn't count because you can't have tourists right uh, the, the uh the guardrails were down so uh a, L.A. Park and, and, uh, Dr. Wagner hadn't ruined that yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for those, for those who don't know, uh, I, and, and I can't, we, you can't prove that it legitimately comes down to it, but the, those two were in CMLL for a while and they had a habit of brawling out into the fans and, uh, diving out into the fans and other things. And, uh, they both got fired for going too far. And shortly after that, we got guardrails. So a lot of people are, are pretty sure that the guardrails were part of the let's cover our butts so that this doesn't happen ever again. Uh.
4: It's amazing. <laughs>
5: um, so the, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was enjoying this. Again, this is an, this is a fantastic example of how a CMLL standard match, standard style of match, two out of three falls. Uh, with, with all of the pomp and circumstance, all the, uh, you had, uh, extra, the corner men for both were part of the story, but weren't necessarily, it's not like in WWE or AEW where, you know, they're going to automatically play into it. Cause I don't think we really saw La Mascara doing anything more significant than waving a towel in La Sombra's face at any point, um, and then Okamura yeah. only got involved at the very end and and that played into this rudo finish where they wanted to make sure that the fans hated him for winning this match uh but but yeah the it was the pacing on it was brilliant i was uh, wrapped up through the whole thing and then wondering how this was going to cuz the story really was La was just outclassing him he was younger stronger faster and, and they were showing that, especially in that second fall, they showed that really well. Um, and then, I mean, for those of you who are, 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 have not seen a good backstory, or a backlog of, of Andrade matches, this is a good one. This is, yeah. uh, all of his usual stuff is in there. He's, he's in classic, uh, face mode in this. He's not, he hasn't reached Ingo Bernable potential where he's, a, he's a face, but kind of, still kind of acting like a, a Rudo. So you can really see how he can work with a crowd as well. Um Miranda what what are your thoughts on this one?
3: I agree with the pacing of this match being really, really good. Um, I liked, I think the moveset in and out of the ring was just the right tone, um, where you could keep track of it. But I think the moveset outside of the ring, um, was really, really well. Um, I was surprised when they were in that third fall, that corkscrew, uh, that Sombra did, how that, you know, ultimately knowing, uh, how the match ended, how how that wasn't how the match ended. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, this is one in in rare form, as in, as was mentioned too, with Jushin Thunder Liger and that in that Rudo role, uh, which uh is so strange because all I've seen from Thunder Jushin Thunder Liger is, is total technical baby face. Love and adoration, but I loved like he was able to portray cockiness um and uh confidence in a way that was annoying enough to know you know he is a Rudo uh but not not obnoxious um just confidence and the abilities that uh, you know he is the he is the best, and he knew that
5: and He was a that, legend, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and even that that roll up for the third fall was, I think, more of just uh, I feel like a very cocky and confident way to have won the match and the celebration afterward, too. Um, it, it was not only, I think, a testament to, of course, his technical ability, but also. I think is a way to show how his mannerisms were very undervalued or, or maybe like just doesn't get the mm-hmm. recognition that it deserves. Cause literally he's covered head to toe. So he mm-hmm. couldn't use facial expressions to, um, you know, even in certain points, some nonverbal cues to like help convey a sense of, you know, rudeness. But I do feel like in this match, he does that so very well in contrast to, you know, La Sombra that, that baby face, aspect um again you can't see that in the face but you see it in the movements and the mannerisms and the effort given and i think that this match is such a really really good example of of that on both sides that is this week in lucha libre history don't forget uh This day in Lucha Libre history is found on LuchaCentral.com Now we usually jump into our read But Brendan is going to jump into something first As we talk about Lucha Libre history We had the honor of doing a great interview uh, That should be posted up by the time you listen to this episode Or shortly after with a wrestling historian I'm going to let Brendan take it away
5: yeah, we had the privilege of speaking with uh, Matt Farmer, who uh, is listed. As, I'm listed, who is recognized as a major historian in the sp- in the sport of wrestling in general. He talked a lot about uh about uh, lucha history. We had a conversation in there about uh, Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr and their influence on changing lucha history. He did mention that he helped write some of the early segments for this week in, week in Lucha Libre history, which is why we're bringing it in now, because this is uh you know, we're kind of tying this all together. He did, he just, he's done this. Um, I invited him to uh, to do some This Week in Lucha Libre with us in the future, so definitely give this uh, this a full interview a listen. And, uh it, it, you know, it, he is also a promoter for Defy Wrestling, and I just uh, want to give the shout out there. We saved this one Defy has started announcing matches. They're going to have, uh, the week after SummerSlam. So two weeks from this show, they're going to have their first match back and they have announced their first show back. They have announced that they're going to have a three-way Haas match featuring local Haas, Shaft, uh, Hammerstone, the, the, uh, man who enjoys wrestling tiny little luchadors by his own words. I'm never going to let him live that down. And, uh, Calvin Tankman, who we've talked a lot about on the MLW segment. So congratulations on that. That's going to be an exciting match. I will, uh, I'll definitely have some thoughts on that when we get back from that. And, uh, here's the clip. And, and on that point, I've, I've looked at this a little bit, but since we have you here, this is, uh, the perfect opportunity to explore it again. Uh, you had, uh, Eddie Guerrero bringing a lot of the, emotion and selling down to Mexico, like that type of storytelling. Uh, Did you, I mean, is there is that impact something that you can noticeably see moving forward from that point in time uh, in both, on both sides of the border or uh, I'm I'm kind of. So what Eddie brought to the, what Eddie brought to to
7: Mexico wasn't actually selling and things like that for his emotions. That was Art Bar that did that. His no. tag team part yeah. bar. What I, Eddie I... brought what Eddie brought at that time was Japanese style wrestling. Mm. Because at that time the big power bombs, the big suplexes, the mm. big bumps were not common in Mexico as as frequently as people think. Because of lucha libre, those type of bumps were Weren't common because, I mean, if you've ever been in a lucha ring down in Mexico, you don't do those, take those bumps. Hard. Yeah. And so, um, Eddie, that's what Eddie brought. Like, if you watch the, like, watch when Eddie came back from a couple tours of Japan, he was suplexing guys out of their boots. And a lot of the older guys didn't like that. But when he teamed up with Art, Art brought that, uh, Art brought that charisma. He brought the mannerisms he brought that mixture of Roddy Piper and Buddy Rose down with him, and then he introduced yeah. that to eddie and Eddie, you could really see when Eddie teamed with the art how he influenced Eddie, and what you saw as you know Pete later with Eddie that was part of art part, um art bar
5: yeah I, so, I I try and un- sell this. My last name is Bar. Everybody talks to me about Art Bar, so I was going that route. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, uh, you're you're absolutely correct, and that's one of the reasons I was drawn to to Art as as a kid, and and uh, grew up in the Pacific Northwest with that that last name, and that brought me into Lucha. So, uh, yeah, I I had the opportunity to see those two as
7: a team wrestle in person and it's it was it's just tremendous because the charisma that art had at that time um was on another level and that helped influence Eddie and you can even see it in their matches where art Eddie's doing all the wrestling but art's just hitting a few big moves here and there and then he's working the crowd, he's showing charisma, he's yeah mining you know he's doing all the other stuff that really actually is what draws interest in so you know and art's not the only one that did that but that was a big part of Eddie's career was that mm-hmm. time
3: Thank you once again to Matt Farmer for spending some time with us, myself, Brendan and Dusty um, with the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. That full interview will be up uh on luchacentral.com and also all of our streaming platforms, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbase, Speaker, and so much more. Uh again, Defy Wrestling coming up back to The Seattle area you can check Out Defy on social media For more information as we Kind of mentioned with Phoenix Championship Wrestling As well um, and as you'll listen in The interview Matt also talks about The lucha influence that he you know Wants to keep and and has Had Mm -hmm. with Defy Wrestling um, And that being a really integral Part of the promotion so we will Be very excited uh, to Talk more about Defy Wrestling um, As future shows Shows come up and as we get to see some of their matches.
5: tickets are available at defywrestling.com There's not a lot left for this show but they are going to announce that more shows after the the, the this one comes up and the, you want to hop on right away they usually will sell out pretty quick.
3: And now Brendan, you could let our listeners know what else they could find on Lucha central
5: and this time for real. Like it's not like that last week where uh, <laughs> I. Uh... But if you're listening to this and you haven't been to luchacentral.com, I mean, come on, let's let's do it. It's really, really time to do it. Luchacentral.com lucha is the online home for lucha libre, where you can get all of you the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Especially now that we're going to have this, all this Expo Lucha content coming up. This is definitely, you definitely want to keep your eye on, on our Lucha content that will be available on luchacentral.com. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. And that's another point I want to hit on is our photographers. I have confirmed they're going to be at several of these events we've been talking about on the show. So we're going to have lots of great photos of these matches that are coming up. I think we even have some at the, at Triple Mania this weekend. So keep a, keep a eye open for that. Um, a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And I mean, really. Here we go again. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna let this point die either. It's free, so you can't beat that price. Go to luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things lucha libre.
3: Brendan, you have some CMLL results for us.
5: Well, uh, it's not really results. Uh, <laughs> CMLL has been getting a lot of news coverage lately because a lot of their guys have been released. And this time CMLL pulled a Vince McMahon and wished, uh, the, uh, NGD faction of, uh, Forastro, Quattro, and, uh, uh, why did it just shoot out of my head? Uh, Sanson. Sanson. There we go. Yeah. I should read my notes rather than staring (laughs) at them. Uh, They, uh, they, they were released. And I think the reason that CML had to make an announcement on that is because they, uh, had the world trios championship as well as Quattro had the world middleweight championship. And so both of those titles are going to wind up needing to be reallocated. They're going to be turning tournaments in the near future. Um, but it was, it's very interesting. And then it, again, back to the Mass Republic's announcement about having CMLL luchadores. Uh, I, typically they, they're not allowed to share with, uh, with indie wrestlers, particularly any indie wrestler that has any potential affiliation with AAA. So, uh, part of why it's been difficult for Mass Republic to get CMLL wrestlers and this, this kind of top end uh amount of wrestlers that keeps disappearing off their shows like Rouge was was a top end guy not too long ago for them uh bandito didn't get locked down with them and i I know uh they wanted to to have that if at all possible uh but it seems like they're more relying on the cynical approach of using their own training program. They, they're not at a shortage of bodies. They're just at a shortage of uh, bodies that are big draws. Uh, so they can, cause they can always pull somebody up from the classes to, uh, we talked with Sam Adonis about it. They've got their own Wednesday classes that are for people that want to be on the shows. Uh, and, uh, we that's kind of seems to be where we're going here. Um, Part of this story, and part of the reason why this is a bigger story than just oh, a couple, three guys got let go, is that uh, it's creating more political drama. Yeah. So, Brenario Junior did had a had a tweet, I believe it was uh, somewhere in social media. He blamed Ultimo Guerrero. He said because as someone who's been on the inside, he's seen the toxic influence or something to that effect that uh, oh. Ultimo Guerrero has had on the on the, the, uh, talent pool. uh just to clarify the history on that, we've talked a little bit about this before when, uh, when, uh, uh, La mascara's father passed away. One of the brazos, they, uh, he was the, the head of the union there. And Ultimo Guerrero was kind of part of the, uh, the vocal movement that said we shouldn't necessarily just make another member of the family in charge of this position and, uh, has kind of been viewed behind the scenes as more of a, as, as, as a, the new leader, even though he doesn't officially have that position. So that is probably what Sobranario is referencing there, that, uh, Ultimo Guerrero seems to have a lot of consolidated power with the wrestlers union in CMLL. Uh, but this post led to, uh, like a back and forth with Dragon Lee, who hinted, uh, Sobrenario might be showing up in, uh, ROH sometime soon. They, they, I mean, they weren't really arguing with each other so much as kind of like egging each other on to say more things about how CMLL is messed up. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Rush and Arush and LA Park have been, uh, on social media, talking about how unpleasant c m l l is to them, I am honestly surprised at this point that Dr. Wagner hasn't joined in on this this party but um, yeah, he thinks he
4: might get another yeah. paycheck
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he ain't ready to burn that
5: bridge yet no,
4: nah, no, nah, that bridge is made of money, and he knows it <laughs>
5: but, yeah, so we're seeing a lot of the good news for us as American uh Lucha fans is that a lot of these talent that we've seen rise up to the top of the card may now become indie stars and they may go places. Now, clearly the WWE is probably not their primary destination anymore, but between AEW, MLW and ROH, there's lots of big name indies that can grab them up, plus all of these super indies like your Defies and your uh, your, your Texas-based promotions will be able to grab them. So you, you might be able to see, uh, NGD in, in, uh, or Chicago even, you know, just in, in an indie match somewhere, which would be great. And I mean, we've seen it already. We've seen Bandita rise up that way. We've seen, uh, Arush obviously, he didn't stop in the Indies very long. He went straight to ROH and, and took their world title, but he's still on the Indies after that. So it could be very interesting time to see a lot a, a lot of uh luchadors uh popping up here in America and uh that's kind of where the CMLL update comes in, is that we, we're seeing a lot of this going on. I can only speculate as to why, so I don't want to get too much in dragged down on speculation there, but that is our big takeaway is that uh NGD was released. We've seen other names popping up in indie shows. So there may be, you know, Sobrenario Jr. may be parting ways and it may be less public because he doesn't have any titles that they have to uh, reconcile with. So he, we'll keep our ears open for other big names on that. They do. They are still running shows regularly. Uh, always, I'm going to say, tell me what you want. Uh, maybe, maybe now it's time. It'll be really interesting to see who they plug into these spots now that there's more uh, room at the top of the card. Interesting to see what will
3: be happening next with yeah. CMLL. Very interesting implications. I agree. Uh up next we do have some uh impact wrestling news for you. Um one is this week on BTI before the Impact which you can find on YouTube for free, we have Sam Adonis, El Rudo de las Chicas himself and previous guest on the show facing now this is funny. Uh only because it was messed up so many times throughout the the show. So jo- Josea, Josea uh literally everyone had a different pronunciation of this <laughs> name. Uh Joesa, um, I'm fairly certain it's Joesa though is the uh actual pronunciation of this match. Uh this was built as a way of bringing on two people to maybe showcase to Impact Management um, some, you know, future opportunities. Um, Sam uh, did, you know, part of his promo in Spanish was built for Mexico City. His work within Mexico and abroad was very much discussed by commentators Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown, which he talked about with us as well during his interview on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. Um, you know, this, the the crowd itself took a while to get acclimated to both uh, wrestlers, but Sam eventually did what he did best. And that's run his mouth and run, you know, around the ring. Uh, And he got the the crowd, not necessarily behind him, uh, but, you know, making some reaction to him. Um, And Mm -hmm. so Sam Adonis won the match with a roll up, handful of tights included. Um, But it was a great to see... uh, Sam Adonis on impact. Um, he has a, again, a great appeal to him. He t- did talk about in his promo about how he's been hated and kicked out of countries. Um, you know, he is a, a, a very notorious reputation and i think he has a great character and look that would you know do well on impact so it is interesting to see if this will be a one-off usually before the impact includes some kind of dark match or a match that has somehow has implications to impact has you know wrestlers from the actual impact brand on it so this is the first time that i remember seeing in quite some time two non-impact wrestlers on before the impact Um, But that match is available on YouTube on Impact's YouTube page um, that you can see a a really entertaining and and fun match Um, and the win for Sam Adonis. So
5: we will see. So I'm going to do a little bit of blatant cross promotion here. Sam, in the interview, we talked with him. He talked about bringing his American style to Mexico or, or being American style in Mexico and how that helped build his character. And that is a thing that Matt Farmer talked about too. I thought, I found it very interesting to listen to those two interviews side by side and how they said similar things and agreed on those points. So that's a great way if you, uh, haven't listened to either of those, listen to them both within, uh, you know, a day or two of each other. You might get some very interesting ideas on, yeah. on, uh, how the business works and, and how to, how to do character work in Mexico in particular. Yeah.
3: I also do want to mention some big news that came out of this week. It was actually from AEW um, that AEW um, uh, Impact World Champion Kenny Omega will be defending the Impact World Championship against Christian Cage on this Friday's premiere edition of Rampage. Uh, a lot of things ran through my head when I heard this announcement. Uh, and it makes sense now that I've seen this week's episode of Impact. First off, this is big that this will be the first time that the Impact World Championship is being defended on AEW weekly television or episodic television. Um, we did have the Impact World Championship being defended at a AEW arena at Daily's place but it was on a Impact pay-per-view um, And that was uh, Kenny Omega Versus Moose um, In which Kenny Omega Retained but I was a little Curious that Kenny was uh, Facing a non-impact Wrestler for the Impact World Championship I still Feel like there is very much a, comp- a conspiracy Where we are never going to see An impact wrestler on AEW Television <laughs> Um, but, and good brothers, that does not yeah. count. Not doing that whatsoever, and it's I so, will die on that hill. So, they my first, they are not impact talent. I'm sorry.
5: My first question was one of the was the first things, one of the first things you thought when you saw this announcement. Finally, because that's what my my thought was. Like, yeah, once,
3: I, I, like, I mean, yeah, I was excited, <laughs> and and ultimately, Christian Cage is someone very rooted in Impact slash TNA history. So I do think that's cool. I wish we would have seen Christian Cage on Impact this week. Spoiler alert, we didn't. Um, and it's already more tied to the buildup between Kenny and Christian for um, All Out. Um yeah. which again I and at that pay-per-view we are going to see Christian and Kenny face uh, each other for the AEW World Championship so I feel like there was more storytelling they could have done to make this make sense but I do understand there is a population that are thinking why are you putting this match on TV if you're or if we're already getting it on pay-per-view not too long yeah. from now um,
5: yeah because there's, the possibilities are interesting you could do you could have Christian pick the title up and have it be title versus title on the pay-per-view to kind of add that ramp up. Uh, just, that was my immediate thought. They could do, they can do, I'm not, I'm not saying they will, I'm not saying I trust them to because we at this point have not seen them do anything that exciting or interesting with any part of this forbidden door deal, but that did pop to my head as a way they could spice things up.
3: Yeah, and, and now seeing really how Impact is truly working as a forbidden door with other companies. I mean, we are going to see, uh, Diana Parrazzo defend the Impact, uh, Knockouts Championship at NWA Empower. We've seen, you know, the, the partnership with New Japan. Um, and, you know, again, we've seen the partnership with AEW, but it just still feels very one way. Um, and I understand there's logistics. So, for example, yeah. um, you know, Alex Marvez interviewed Christian Cage. Uh, Alex Marvez, of course, is an AEW interviewer, but he was holding an impact microphone, which is like at that point, (laughs) Alex Marvez, you are not an impact interviewer. Gia Miller is the one. So I'm just getting nitpicky. But again, it's another to me feeling like a very blatant example of the door being very, very one way. Uh, And. You know, AEW will promote New Japan and have New Japan talent on AEW television, but they'd be damned if they have anyone on Impact uh, from Impact on AEW television.
5: Well, I mean, I and I we should have done this earlier in the show, and but it was so under the radar for Triple Mania this weekend. Yeah, Diana Peraza is going down to Triple Mania to defend the championship. Kenny Omega is going down to Triple Omega uh, to defend the championship and none of that has been talked about. None so. of that was
3: talked about. Yeah. None of that like, has been talked about Not
5: one all. word. So yeah. under the radar that we forgot to bring it up in the appropriate segments on and the show. And that's the
3: point. The fact that if that's so <laughs> under the radar that it's our job that we forgot how do you think a casual fan you yeah, exactly. made me uh, think about that. It was not mentioned neither on AEW television or Impact television.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: Um, crazy. Crazy. Uh, you know, and I thought that so also happening this week on Impact, we did have a 20 man battle royal to determine the new number one contender uh, for the world championship. I thought that this would have been a perfect opportunity to have that crossover promotion happen where the winner of this battle royal would be the one to face Kenny Omega the next night on Rampage. But then when I found out the winner of the battle royal, it made sense. Uh Brian Myers won the Battle Royal. So I said, you know what? Uh your plan now makes more sense, uh AEW. Um I get it. Let Christian uh face uh Kenny Omega on Friday because ain't no one gonna watch Brian Myers on I'm I'm sorry. Uh I like him. I like the work that he's done. But I thought that, that would have been a great opportunity to do some cross-promotion. And again, it's just not happening. But I did find it an interesting note um, that we are going to see the Impact of World Championship be defended on AEW television. Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage this Friday on Rampage. And another final note, too, about a big weekend next week with pay-per-views. Impact Wrestling is putting together Emergence that is going to be exclusive to the Impact Plus app on Friday, August 20th. So if you didn't have enough wrestling to watch, you could next watch. Next weekend. Next weekend. Jeez. Uh, you could watch Emergence on the Impact Plus app. Um, again, part of their monthly, uh, impact plus, uh, pay-per-views or, or special events that you can, you can find through the app. Um, and it's on a Friday because you know, what's happening on Saturday. SummerSlam, so uh, it's it's a fairly busy weekend next week. But that is uh, some important notes, some notes from you from Impact Wrestling. And the final news story of tonight's episode is Major League Wrestling. And just two notes on some official signees. Major League Wrestling made it official this week on social media uh, of two new signees uh two people that we've already seen, but they're making it official. Major League Wrestling announced that they have signed Adis to a multi-year agreement, and he will be competing for Azteca Underground. Um, so when he was signed or drafted under the draft, he was a free agent or not under a particular flagship program, but he is now officially with Azteca Underground um and an important note too in the press release they do mention uh Adis's training and mentorship from Blue Demon Jr uh or Blue Demon I believe um Blue Demon Jr Black Scorpion <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So uh, it is Yeah it is now uh, uh, an official uh, Agreement a multi-year Deal agreement with Major League Wrestling for Audis And they also announced that Dr. Julius Smokes has signed A multi-year deal uh, with MLW joining Slice Boogie and Rivera In inking deals with MLW So the new LAX Is have all officially inked Deals with MLW and Audis has uh, inked a a deal, uh, and is going to be competing for Azteca Underground, so uh, very big developments in MLW, for all the doubt that we may have in WWE and NXT with their Lucha Libre presence, it looks like MLW is ramping it up
5: they're doubling down on it, and hopefully this means they get more talent as a result, I mean, you know, Lucha House Party, run away run away, there's better opportunities for you
3: (laughs) Well, and this even goes into something deeper. I mean, if we're getting into the news that we heard this week about Mass Republic and Expo Lucha being able to help sponsor and and provide visas for lots of talent that could be something that MLW could absolutely utilize with Azteca Underground. Mm-hmm. Um I mean the the com- the market is fairly competitive here in the states but if you want to add some legitimacy to Azteca Underground and the lucha libre scene being able to partner with very established luchadors could take it to a whole new level.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Um hopefully that's something that we uh We get to see, but that's, uh, definitely, uh, keep your ears open. We'll have future updates on all of that. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that I think Adi's is a fantastic pick for Mm -hmm. the, uh, for, for the, their Azteca underground, because if they are going for that Lucha underground vibe and we've seen nothing to make us think otherwise, he is a great pick for that. He's, Mm -hmm. uh, He's, he's got an aesthetic and a kind of a vibe of being a, of like a little more of a gritty luchador. He's, yes. uh, he's, uh, he's, he's more, much more Texas than California in style. I mean, like a, like a proper Mexican trained luchador. He does both, but he, yeah, he's, uh, he's more on that, that gritty brawler side yeah. just by just a margin. So, uh, I'm excited to see him do some work for, for the Azteca underground.
3: And it's good to see them doubling down on LAX, you know, uh, Dr. Julius Smokes may be more of that mouthpiece, uh, that we see maybe when Conan isn't around, um, or just that factor in it that really adds something different to LAX. Again, you, you know Rivera, um, with, you know, his, his style and approach, same thing with Slice, um, but I, you know, I think they're both a little bit more quieter on the mic, whereas Dr. Julius Smokes can really add some oomph uh, to their promos, to their presence in the ring. So uh, I am, again, very excited about both of these signings. I think this, too, this could be a market where Major League Wrestling can do something different. And this does seem to fuel rumors again that Azteca Underground could be its own entity and its own show. And if that's the case... That's gonna be something that's gonna be very unique. If we've already seen people being turned off by maybe some of the changes happening within pro wrestling, aka, you know, what may be happening with NXT, if if that <laughs> fan base disappears, I think a company like MLW will be waiting in the rings in the wings to pick up those fans that may lose interest.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so.
3: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is this week's uh, Lucha Central weekly podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's show. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also check out Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central and on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. There's lots of content on the Lucha Central YouTube page, including exclusive matches, interviews, and content that you will not find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and find us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you?
4: I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
3: And Brendan, where can our listeners find you?
5: I am three two one t shirt guy. That's the numbers three, two, and one, and then t-shirt guy is all spelled out. I am on the I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitters.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. Again, if you are an independent wrestling fan, promoter, wrestler, lucha libre promotion, whatever it may be. Please feel free to reach out to us We'd love to feature you on a future uh, Edition of the Indie Roundup we love to support independent Wrestling uh, We hope to be going to more independent wrestling Shows uh, but also While you're at it feel free to give us feedback On the show's format we are going to be changing Some things up with more wrestling Coming up some things may take The back seat some may come right up front So let us know your thoughts On what we're covering Would you like for us to cover certain promotions more or less uh is there certain news stories you think or certain luchadors that we should pay more attention to let us know find us on social media find us at lucha central Uh, we love to hear that feedback you can also do that when you subscribe rate and review uh in your favorite podcast platform so that may be google play itunes spotify subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central weekly podcast drops. You can leave a five star rating and you can leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts in there as well. Don't forget the interview with Matt Farmer will be dropping very soon. So stay tuned to that. That will be its own interview that you'll be able to find on LuchaCentral.com and all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. So, for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, my name is Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will be back next week.